Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Simply Put. I am so honored that you decided to come hang out with us today. And so today on this episode, we are going to be looking at Romans chapter 9 and talking about what is the purpose of oppression? Like, can God really use it to glorify himself? Can he really use our circumstances that just feel absolutely impossible to prove his power and his might? So I'm expecting, I'm so excited for today's content and yeah, thanks for hanging out. Let's dive in. Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, guys. So today we are going to be looking at Romans chapter nine and our key verse for the day is going to be found in verses 16 and 17. But before we get into all that, I just want to give us a working definition for oppression, Um, because I think a lot of us, we call something depression. That's really oppression. And there's a little bit of a difference. And so oppression is very much circumstantial. And so it's really like this mental pressure or distress that you feel from something going on around you. And then depression is very prolonged, very clinical, very much not circumstantial. Um, Might start with one circumstance, but it is not um, a result of that circumstance. It's much deeper than that. And so today we're looking at oppression, which again is just this mental pressure or distress based on a circumstance, all right? So we got that. So our verse for the day, Romans chapter nine, verse 16 and 17 says this. It does not therefore depend on man's desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all of the earth. So when I was first kind of diving into Romans chapter nine and looking at what do we talk about today, I honed in on the verse, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all of the earth. But this is a really important lesson is I almost missed over the first few words before and context matters when it comes to scripture, because God didn't say this to Paul or to Peter or Mary or anybody that was walking in the fullness of God and claiming God. He wasn't, God wasn't saying that to any of them. He was saying this to Pharaoh. Now, I want to pause here and just catch you up to speed. I will do my very, very best to explain this. But if you're new to the Bible, really in the Old Testament, 
um, we're introduced to two types of people. So you have the Israelites, which are believed to be God's chosen people, God's favored people. In the Old Testament, the Israelites are God's people. And then you have the Gentiles, who would be everybody else. So us right now, in, in right now, if we were in the Old Testament, we would be considered Gentiles. We're with everybody else. And so Pharaoh who was the king of Egypt, was keeping captive the Israelites, which are God's people, for hundreds and hundreds of years. And then in Exodus chapter 9, verse 1, God tells Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. That's why if you ever grew up in any type of camp or ever, I don't know, went to one Bible class, you may have heard the song, I said, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh baby, let my people go. That's what that's from. Okay. So, so, so Moses is going to Pharaoh say, Hey, God said, let my people go. And Pharaoh's like, no way, like not happening. And so ultimately God sends 10 plagues upon Egypt to prove that he's serious. Like he's like, Pharaoh, I'm not kidding. Let my people go. And it's in the seventh plague that God tells Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed great in all of the earth. So this was after the plague of blood, the plague of frogs, the plague of lice, which is just nasty. The plague, wild beasts, pestilence, skin, hail, which is where God tells Pharaoh that, locusts, darkness, um, and then the slaying of the firstborn, which is just tough. It's tough material to read. And so in the seventh plague that God sent, he's telling Pharaoh, look, man, I'm raising you up so that my power comes through. And I wrestled with this because we don't like to think that God is using the enemy or somebody that doesn't love him or somebody that is causing us to be oppressed or is just really pushing against us. We don't often associate God's going to use that person to show his power. In fact, most of us, if we're honest, are, are praying, God, make them go away. You know, or God, I just, uh, I, I don't know how you can do that. I just don't understand how this person can act this way and you would let them, right? That's what, that's what most of our prayers sound like if we're honest. And what God's saying here is look to the person causing the oppression, I'm going to use you to show my glory, Therefore, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed great in all of the earth. So what are the two purposes in oppression according to God in this verse? So here's what I would say, okay? So the two purposes in oppression. So the two purposes of walking through seasons that are excruciating painful, so God's power is revealed and to ensure he gets the glory. And so to break this down even a little bit more, you know, with this idea that God's power is revealed, I think it's safe to say that impossible circumstances are God's jam. Like he loves those things that can't 
be done. And just to give you an example, um, many of you know me personally, and if you don't, that's okay. Um, my mentor is battling stage four C cancer. And so, uh, three years ago we had a pretty tough diagnosis and she is continuing to fight out this battle. She is right now among the 1%, um, of survivors because the, the likelihood of surviving this type of cancer beyond two years is 1%. So she's it. Um, in this past week, she went in for a treatment and I just, I'm so amazed at what God's doing and it's awesome. Um, and so this cancer has not been treated for 10 weeks and most often after 10 weeks, the cancer would be so aggressive that it would spread throughout her body. Um, and ultimately would be, you know, within the last few weeks of her life. And so knowing this going in, they had really just been preparing their hearts for that sort of news. And just to give you a little uh, character reference, this woman isn't just like a woman of God. She's just like a warrior of God. And so she goes in for the scans and it's not grown at all. It's in the same spot. I mean, like little by little, God is deteriorating small things and and what God is doing and the way he's using tumors to block certain things and blood clots and all this stuff is is mind boggling. I mean, it honestly, honestly doesn't make sense. But can I just submit to understanding that like impossible circumstances are God's jam? Um as she fights on the couch every single week, you know, with muscle aches and soreness and um, just so much pain, there's something to be said about God, God's power being seen through her. And I know not all of us are battling stage 4C cancer, but maybe, just maybe, the circumstances that we're walking through, they're not there to take us out. They're just there to prove God's power from within. And how you fight matters. And this wasn't really on my agenda, but I just feel like somebody needs to hear this today, that how you fight matters. And sometimes you're handed just a really crappy deck of cards, you know, and it's tough because what do you do when you don't know what to do? And what I've learned by watching my mentor and what I've learned um, from walking through seasons of oppression myself is the only way to fight well is by being still in God's presence. Um, And this is hard and this isn't easy, but God fights on your behalf and we have to become accustomed to that, you know, like, you can, you can scratch and claw your way to survival, um, to getting through it, to muscling through it. But when you allow yourself to be broken, when you allow God to speak life back into you, when you allow yourself to, to be humbled and walk through the oppression that is, is in front of you, what you come out with on the other side is um, a great fruit. And I've been reading this book called Crushing by T.D. Jakes, and it talks about this exact uh, frame of reference, this idea that many Christians specifically, 
we never make it into the crushing process. You know, we, we are attached to the vine, which is God and we bear great fruit. But when it comes to being pressed into wine, that's a crushing process and, and that's hard. And so many of us miss out on what it looks like to, um, to be a part of new seeds being planted. And many of us miss out on the beauty that comes from this process specifically. And so um, I realized we kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I'm hoping that makes sense to somebody because deep in my spirit, I'm just sitting here staring at the ceiling, feeling this in my spirit that there is somebody right now walking through a season of oppression that you just didn't see coming. Um, You feel pressed on both sides you feel anxious, um, you're hurt, maybe you feel betrayed. And in this season, you want to run, you want to um, fight back, you want to retaliate, or maybe you just want to quit. And for whatever reason, God has you in this holding pattern. I don't know who this is for, but this is for someone. God has you in this holding pattern um, and it's frustrating. And, And can I submit for consideration that God is waiting for you to be still in his presence before the oppression is lifted, that he wants to fight on your behalf, but he can only fight on your behalf if you stop fighting him. And so whoever that's for, whatever oppression you're under, I just want to reiterate that what you're walking through isn't to take you out. It's to prove that God's power is within you. And so the second purpose of oppression is to ensure that God gets the glory. And I told my mom this the other night that the name of the game is God's glory over and over and over and over again. Um, And this will be a little bit of like a check your heart kind of thing, but It's so easy for humans to get the glory, especially with social media and all the stuff, you know, it's like we want to buy in to the PR that says if you do these five things, then you'll be successful. But can I just say that the name of the game is for God to get the glory. God is the savior. God is the one doing the saving. He is the one making things grow. He is the one making things beautiful. And we are just the vessels that he's doing it through. And so the name of the game when it comes to seasons of oppression is to make sure that God gets the glory. And I remember just reflecting back on this specific topic of God getting the glory. I remember just walking through this season about a year and a half ago that I mean, it took every fiber in me to worship on Sunday morning. I wanted to crawl in a hole and not come out. I just did. I just did not want to be seen. It was so painful. But week after week, I just kept showing up broken because I knew that when God did give me the strength to rise again, um, that he would get the glory for the work that was done in that season of crushing. And The tendency for us is to run and hide when these seasons come. The tendency is to avoid it. The tendency is to ignore it. The tendency is to try and take credit for what is being done. But friend, just hear me loud and clear that God wants to get the glory for the circumstances that you're in. So keep showing up to his presence. Don't run from that. I know, trust me, if anybody knows how uncomfortable these seasons are, um, it's me. I get it. And yet, God wants to get the glory through every season of oppression, 
through every heartache, through every pressing, through every circumstance that you just didn't see coming, I promise you that there is a God fighting on your behalf over and over and over again. So I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed great in all of the earth. Can we begin to speak that to the obstacles we face in our lives? Could we start to see that maybe the thing that is oppressing us isn't there to take us out, but it's there to prove God's power and to reveal his glory. Thanks for hanging out today, guys. I hope that this message was simple, but I hope it was impactful. Um, I hope that if you are under oppression right now, um, my heart goes out to you. I feel you on so many levels. I am also in the trenches alongside of you. And so just know it is in the valleys where you grow. Uh, the mountain peaks are only for encouragement. And so if you're in a valley right now, if life is hard, um, if you feel pressed, if you feel weary, um, Christ is a good strength and he's the strength. And this valley matters. What you're learning matters. How you fight matters. Keep walking, keep showing up um, and trust that God is doing a mighty work in you through you, and all around you. I love you guys. Have a great rest of the weekend and week ahead. Um, and I will see you guys back soon. Peace.